Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, and I have a special guest with me. Um, you know her. She's on the Duck stream. You also see her on the Jumbotron. She does um, a lot of stuff covering the Anaheim Ducks this season. You've also seen her on Valley Sports, too, as well. So I have uh, Alexis Downey with me. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. All right. I wanted to kind of get a little bit to know about you, and um, and I know we were just talking that you grew up in Ohio, but you also uh, worked in Chicago for a little bit as well. Uh, I kind of wanted to get some food takes before we go into the Ducks. When you worked in <laughs> Chicago, I, you know, I know it's a big uh, pizza place, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I didn't know if there was. I haven't been there, but is, are there any places that? you would recommend uh, to people to go because, you know, they always talk about deep dish pizza and it's Chicago and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that. So I feel like the argument of is deep dish good or not is that's like a really big argument. A lot of people ask me all the time, do you like deep dish? Do you not coming from there? Um, I like it. Uh, I, it's not like my favorite thing though. I feel like you can only have one piece and it's like eating lasagna. But my favorite deep dish, I will say, in Chicago was Lou Malnati's. That's the name of the place. Um, Giordano's is the popular one that, like, all the tourists go to. But Lou Malnati's um, is the best, for sure. That if, if I had to recommend one deep dish place, it would be there. And then as far as regular-type pizza, because I'm probably more of, like, a New York-style pizza. Just, like, big pieces. The crust is... You know, it's like more of a fluffy crust. It's not too thick, but it's not too thin. Um, There was a place that was not too far from where I lived. Um, It was called, I'm trying to remember now. Is it, was it, it wasn't Roots. Happy Camper, Happy Camper. Oh my goodness. I almost forget. Like, I feel like I have to look for it now. Um, Happy Camper was in the same ownership company as this pizza place. Oh, Home Slice. That's what it's called. Home Slice in Lincoln Park was my favorite pizza in Chicago. Just like a normal style pizza, but uh, it, the Home Slice and Lou Malnati's would be my two recommendations. Perfect. And then now if I go there and I don't want pizza and I want something else, like what what would you recommend You know, outside of that? What would be a place that, that would be like your favorite you know, to-go-to place? Ooh, there's just so many good food spots in Chicago. I always followed a bunch of the Instagram accounts. Uh, and that's how I found a lot of different restaurants. Uh, in, let me think, in Old Town, there's a really good, uh, Old Town is a neighborhood in Chicago. There's a really good Italian restaurant. Um, and it is called, oh my goodness, why am I blanking on everything today? Um, Old Town, what was it called again? Oh, Topo, Topo Gigio is the name of it. Topo Gigio, amazing Italian spot in Chicago. So good. It has been there forever. Um, It's like a very, it's not a well-known place because it's not downtown. But like if if you live in Chicago, you've definitely been there. Great Italian food. Um, There's a Irish pub that I really like too called Corcoran's. It's also a Michigan State bar, so I'm a little bit partial to that because that is my where I went to college. Um, 
Yeah, those are some spots. There's some really good restaurants in the West Loop, too. A lot of, like, outdoor bars and um, just just good food, honestly, everywhere. Um, what is it called? The Girl the girl and the Goat, I think is the name of it. It's a uh, Asian cuisine place. Really good. That's in the West Loop. So, just honestly, there's just so many restaurants. And I feel like I tried a lot when I was there. But those would be a couple that I would recommend. No, awesome, awesome. I always tried to get food takes, so I haven't I haven't been to Chicago <laughs> yet. So that's that's why I, I just ask. I'm like, okay, where's the pizza places? You know, that's always seems the big be the big thing and then mm-hmm. and then whatever else. So that's why I figured we'd sure. ask about those things. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we talked, so you grew up in Ohio and then you were in Chicago for a little bit. You also went to Michigan. Um as far as hockey goes, like what what was your team um, growing up? Uh, you know, because you were you were in a couple different areas, or did you have multiple teams? Yeah. So originally, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I lived there for a couple years before we moved to Ohio, and I grew up only about an hour from Pittsburgh. So I grew up a Penguins fan, and uh, that I I was a Penguins fan, you know, through through all the times of winning the cup and everything, uh, you know, up until I got out here to be with the ducks. Um, I, they're really the reason that I love hockey. My parents lived in Pittsburgh in the nineties and they started going to hockey games. And then when I was born, we would go to hockey games and, uh, my town also in Ohio, which is Youngstown has a junior hockey team in the USHL, the Youngstown Phantoms. So when I was in high school, I went to a lot of their games And that was really for me when I was like, you know what? This sport is special. I love it. I love the culture. I love the atmosphere of it. I love the fans. This is the sport I want to work in. And uh, yeah, so it was really just the Penguins and the the Youngstown Phantoms, honestly, that got me really wanting to be in working in hockey. It's funny because you mentioned the Penguins and, you know, a lot of people know me being a lifetime Ducks fan, but... I'm a little bit older, and when I grew up in the 80s, there were no Anaheim Ducks. So as a kid, mm-hmm. I liked the Penguins because I like their oh. I like their logo, <laughs> right? Being a kid, yeah, that was one thing. And then of course there was there were some some players like you know Yarmer Yager and Mario Lemieux. Mm-hmm. You know they might have you know been playing there and did some good things for a couple of years. So it's, it's funny you mentioned the Penguins because that was my team initially. Because we didn't have mm-hmm. the Ducks, and then obviously the Ducks came in the league in '93, and and then of, of course you know the Ducks have been my team now, but the Penguins are still always like my other team. So I always, you know, laugh when they play each other because then people are like, "Well, who are you going to root for?" You know, and then uh, <laughs> um, I went to the Winter Classic. I hadn't done that, um, so the, oh, Peng- wow. the Penguins did lose to Boston, sadly. But I, you know, I was rooting mm-hmm. for the Penguins, so I'm with you. <laughs> um, that that was my yeah, team. My parents actually went to the uh, Ducks and Penguins game in Pittsburgh when they were there. Nice. I mean, it's fun. I I, I do get torn when they play each other. I mean, it's only twice a year, but <laughs> I, I still you know stick with the Ducks. That's my team. But it, but it's it's interesting that, that that was your you know team growing up too. So we kind of have that in common as well. Um, when when you went to school and all that, I I, um, I think your was your background in journalism. Was that kind of what you wanted to do, the sports and whatnot? Yeah, so actually, I always knew I wanted to go into broadcasting, even since I was in, like, my younger years. I remember sitting on my couch and watching NHL Network, and I remember watching Catherine Tappan. And for me, I would watch her, and I just thought, wow, that's exactly what I want to do someday. So 
I knew that already going into college. So when I was applying for schools, I kind of looked at all the different journalism programs and where it might be a good fit. And that's when I found Michigan State. And I studied journalism there. My minor was sports journalism. And while I was at Michigan State, I actually worked in the hockey office for four years, all of the time I was there. And I worked with um, the coaching staff and kind of like as an office assistant type role where I helped with some recruiting videos and just some office things. And uh, on game days, if I wasn't covering the game, uh, I, I would help out a little bit with anything that they might have needed too. So yeah, my, my background is in journalism. Um, I love Michigan State. I'm such a, a big Spartan, love, love my college. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that all of the things that I did while I was there really set me up nicely after I graduated. And I just got a lot of different experiences in journalism and in communications and PR and TV and all the different areas. Uh, and it, it was a really, really fun time. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it worked out well because then after that, you you know, you ended up um, with the Ducks. H- how did that work out? Like when when you got done with school and whatnot, were you like, were you looking for somewhere to work out there? Were you were you looking for you know the NHL in general or like kind of how did that all come about? Yeah, so I always knew that the NHL was the goal of mine. Uh, I I did a lot of internships through college. I actually. My one, I, I had two pretty big hockey internships. I worked with USA Hockey's national team development program for a summer. And then I also worked in DC the summer that the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. So that was my first real professional sports experience. And of course, it was a lot of hockey focus that summer with the Capitals winning the Cup. Uh, so I knew that NHL was it for me. Uh, I was open to going. You know, really the most teams when I graduated, I was just looking for an opportunity, whether it was at the NHL level or at the AHL level, ECHL, junior level, whatever it might have been. I just knew I wanted to be in broadcasting and eventually hockey if it wasn't hockey when I got out of college. And it didn't end up happening that I worked directly in hockey. I I was with uh, a sports network called Stadium in Chicago previously before I joined the Ducks. And that was a lot of NBA coverage, college basketball, college football, kind of a very broad topic um, of, or pool of sports, rather. And uh, But when I got there, they really didn't cover the NHL. And I pitched to them an idea to do a digital NHL show covering the whole league. And that's when it was really the start of me being able to cover the National Hockey League. And I had that show for a little over two years. And then on the side, I was also working with, it's a kind of funny how full circle it comes, but another USH, a USHL team. So the Chicago Steel, I was working with for about two years. And um, that's how I all got all the experience. And then eventually I, the Ducks job was posted over the summer. I saw it and I thought, you know, that looked like a really great opportunity. And the Ducks um, were on my list, a small list of teams that I wanted to work for because when you're covering the whole league, you get to know a lot of the different people and a little bit about each of the organizations. And I had always heard just really great things about the Ducks and the people that work here and living in Southern California. So they definitely were on my list and it kind of all just fell into place this summer or last summer. Now, before you had applied for the Ducks, had you ever been to California? Had you ever, you know, come out here and seen, like, how the state is or anything like that? Yeah, so I had been to California three times prior. One was a family vacation, and then the other two times 
Uh, they were, I was up in San Francisco and then San Diego for uh, Michigan State football bowl games when I was in college. Um, but I hadn't really spent any time in Orange County, only just a short, I think it was like two nights my family spent down here. We went to an Angels game and that was like at least 10 years ago. It was a long time ago. So I really had, didn't know much about the area, um, but a little bit about California. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've grown up in Orange County the whole time. I do like, I've been to San Francisco and I've been to San Diego. I like San Diego a lot. It's a, it's a great place uh, to go visit. You know, been down there for the goals games, obviously, too, with the AHL as well. So it's not, it's not bad, you know, having um, the NHL team and the AHL team, you know, an hour and a half away. So mm-hmm. uh, it works out good. Um I guess a little bit about when you work at the Ducks, if you if you can kind of let people know how how is it like when you go to work? Like, do you do you go to Honda Center like eight to five, nine to five? Do you, like, how's your how's your day? I guess if you can let people kind of give them a little insight how how it is when you go to work. Yeah, so it kind of depends on what the week looks like as far as content for Duck Stream. But our offices are right by Honda Center, uh, so. We, we come into the office. Our studio for DuckStream is right in our offices. So I'm usually in our studio at least four of the five days a week. Um, this is to say if we don't have a weekend game. Um, and, yeah, so Light the Lamp, the main show that I do on DuckStream is three days a week. So I'm definitely in here Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, doing an interview for the show and then putting together the rest of the content just going through NHL news, uh, going through anything Ducks related, just prepping it. And then uh, my coworker, Steph, he helps me with a lot of the editing and producing the show. So that's really helpful. Um, but yeah, day to day, it kind of changes just depending on what day of the week it is. If you have a show coming out that day, um, we usually do Gulls report each week as well. So usually I try to do those on a day that I'm not putting out a light lamp. So Tuesday or Thursday. And uh, I, I think it's just it's a lot of scheduling because of all the different guests that we have on. And um, it, it just really varies week to week also for having other shows or other guests coming into the studio. Um, so it, it's, it is a nine to five, but it definitely is pretty flexible in the sense of sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's, it's shorter, just depending on what's going on that week. Yeah, and uh, you guys have done a great job. I mean, there's, there's there's more podcasts than people can count on there. You guys have a lot of great content. You've had the GM on there. I know uh, Guy's on there. Ken French is on there. You have a lot of the players on there as well. Um, a lot of great interviews. Uh, so far this season, is is there a favorite interview that you've done or a couple favorites that you've had, um, you know, in your time with the Ducks? Yeah, first off, thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun building this. I think that going back, at least on Light the Lamp, there's been a couple people that have stood out to me. Um, having Doc Emmerich was really special because he's someone that I've stayed in touch with over the years. I met him when he was he came to Michigan State, actually, um, and I, I got to meet him, and we've stayed in touch over the years. So having him on, and he his stories just give me chills every time I hear him. Mm-hmm. He's just he's the best. He's truly the best and just the sweetest person. Um, so that was a big one for me. I also really enjoyed uh, having Darren Pang in the studio. Mm-hmm. He was the high Panger. energy. Yes, yes. He he made me do his uh, his his motto or not motto slogan. Holy jumping! He he, <laughs> he had me try to recreate that, and I was like, I can't even I can't even do this. This is 
I don't want to try to copy what you're doing, but he was really great. Uh, he came when we had a game or when TNT was here. So came in the studio. Uh, that's another one that I really enjoyed. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, it's just, it's great to learn the stories of all these different people around the NHL. I mean, that's the one thing I really enjoy about the light, the lamp aspect. Part of it is just telling more about, these people because I mean you follow their work you understand if they're working for a team or what kind of coverage they have but a lot of times you don't get to know much about them unless they're vocal on Twitter or things like that so I think that aspect of it and diving into stories of these people's lives is one of the, the things that I really enjoy about it you know it's, it's, it's funny you touch on that because one of the ones I listened to that I didn't know this and I thought it was interesting was uh, Tame Mussolini scoring that goal with Winnipeg, right? Throwing the glove up in the air and then realizing that Dallas Akins was there. I had no idea, Ty. I mm. listened to you guys talk about that and I thought that was a really <laughs> great story. Yeah, yeah. That, I, he, and the funny thing is, too, like he didn't share that before the interview. That was all completely natural during the interview and I was surprised about that as well. Yeah, I, I just, I was like shocked. I was like, oh, he was. Okay, fantastic. So I, <laughs> I just thought that that was awesome. Um, did you did you see Tamu's latest uh, video too? He did one uh, about Connor Bedard. He, he he showed some of the Ducks jerseys in the locker room um, yesterday. And I don't know yes, if you saw I did. it. <laughs> what, what did you think about that? He, he goes on there, I retweeted it, and, and he put on there, you know, a handwritten note, Connor Bedard, empty a locker, let's put him here. What did you think about that? I mean, I thought it was pretty hilarious. It, it was very Tamu. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, of course, he would be the one to do that. Um, I don't know when he did that. That's the thing. I'm like, when was he in the locker room to do that? I thought that was kind of funny. Um, you know, I, I love that he shows his personality on Twitter and he doesn't hold back. That's it. It's just his, it's who he is. So, um, I thought that was kind of funny too. Uh, but I, you know, it, it's just adding to the conversation of where Bedard could end up. And obviously he wants them here in Anaheim. I know a lot of people do. So, um, it, it was funny to see that. And I know it got a lot of traction on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, this is kind of the big thing now with the ducks, you know, following the team and everything, this like team tank team don't tank. It's like, Hey, if we lose, it's okay. There's other people are like, no, we want to win. Like, like, what do you think about that? It, se- it, it just seems like it's one or the other with a lot of the fans. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a, it's a tough time right now with the team this season. Obviously um, we knew going into the season that this is a rebuild and they're looking towards the future. And, you know, Pat Verbeek hasn't hid that at all. Um, But I think we're at a point now in the season where we are starting to look towards the future. And I know that it's, we've got a lot of young prospects that we can be excited about. And um, it's, it's not really, as far as the, the whole tank theory and not, um, I, I don't think that it necessarily it is a real thing uh, in the sense of the guys are still going out every night. They're giving their all. Um, I, I have never stepped in the locker room this season and knowing or thinking that, okay, they gave up that game. Okay. They just didn't care because I've never, I haven't seen that. And I know, Dallas has been very vocal that these guys, they come in and they work hard. Um, and, you know, they just, they've had a lot of 
unfortunate mistakes here and there, and that's led to some of their losses. But I think overall, with the way the organiza- organization is trending, um, it, it's they still. I mean, you never want to lose games; you want to win. Uh, it's you want to be positioned well in the future, and I think that we do have a great prospect pool to look forward to, and a lot of young stars. So. As we get closer to the draft, I'm sure that'll be a, a really hot topic to see where the Ducks are at and the standings and everything. But um, I think it's it's sort of a, a, a fan theory and it's like a continuous thing in the sense of this is a thing happening with a lot of other teams too. So it's it's hard to say, I, but I, I, I don't see it being like a, a true that's what actually was happening. So. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, oh, okay, let's look at Columbus, let's look at Chicago, let's look at the Ducks, you know, we're in the bottom three, let's fight it out. And I always laugh because I see all the comments and everything like that. But I think my, my thing looking at this team is you have McTavish, you have Terry, you have Zegris who's now leading the team in points, you know, it was Terry for a while. And you have that core going forward. So when mm-hmm. I look at this season, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not as concerned about wins and losses as much this season but i i what i like to see is the experimentation of trying to get things going you know like in the power play they switched things up they got mctavish on there they switched zegris and mctavish on the wings um you you know those things like that uh mixing up the line combinations to me i I mean i think a lot of because now we're over halfway through the season let's be honest we know we're not going to be this contending team which like you talked about you know we we didn't have that thought really at the beginning of the season um Mm -hmm. we we knew you know the good thing about the ducks um, team and management there's up front with the fans hey we're in a rebuild season so you know it wasn't a, a surprise that was something in the past that was difficult to admit and that's what I do like about Ducks management. But I, I think for me, the key in this second half of the season is, yes, you know, if we're in, in those top picks, I mean, this draft is going to be pretty good from everything that we've seen that's been projected. But I'm really big on the Ducks setting up themselves for next season, um, you know, getting this first you know power play unit ironed out and, and getting these lines kind of ironed out. So I don't know if that's kind of something like how you see it too, but that's kind of what I look at. And I look at how Dallas Akins has been doing that. And I think – there's a little bit of uh, you know experimentation that's going to happen in the second half of the season, and that's okay because I'd rather try to figure out what works and what doesn't before we do go into next year. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right with that, and it's actually something that Dallas has noted. The reason you know the lines are being changed up is to see you know what kind of scoring they can get from these different combinations and try to create more scoring um, in the five on five, and uh, I, I think that. This is the time to experiment for sure to see how the guys react to it. And I, one of the things that I've really been impressed with, just Mason McTavish this season, you know, we didn't necessarily have an expectation for him this year. You can't. I mean, he's in his rookie year. You, he, He's going up against the whole NHL and just feeling out the experience of it. Um, but he's just been very composed in this last two months or so. And I think that the fact that we're seeing this out of him and how comfortable he's getting on the ice already, uh, it's a great thing to be excited about. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you're right, how this group of guys evolves in you know the, the coming year. And um, I think the offseason will certainly be a big, important part of that, too. Do you see? Uh, you know, we do have the trade deadline coming up. Obviously, some names are throw, you know thrown around there. Do you do you see? I mean, Klingberg's kind of the big one, right? A lot of people talk about that, but I mean, 
anything that you see coming up in the deadline? You see anything major like um, Verbeek maybe trying to you know um, stack up picks or try to get some other prospects? Any idea what you think maybe the Ducks will do? I mean, the uh, trade deadline's not too far away. Yeah, it's it's coming up. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure, um, but I I think that they will be active. It certainly makes sense for them to be active, um, but. Yeah, coming into the season, we knew Klingberg was on this one-year deal trying to prove himself coming out of Dallas. And um, I I certainly see the value in the trade deadline for the Ducks to make some acquisitions in draft picks and things like that um, and move around, you know, with the salary cap and whatnot. But uh, I, I think it, it could be a busy time for the Ducks, but it really is hard to say right now. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I know. I, I think they'll be a little bit active just because a lot of teams are up against the cap, and obviously we, we, you know, have a lot more room. So, I just think that that's something to, you know, for us to kind of look at. I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll see how it pans out. But we definitely could right. be, you know, like Del Zotto, like another three-way trade or something like that, or we could broker another team. So I'm, I'm really curious. I don't think it's gonna be as crazy as last year. You know, we had Manson, um, Lindholm. Uh, Delorier, you know all those kind of moves that that they did. I, I don't and Raquel as well, obviously, because now he's on our our other team that we like, uh, the Penguins, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I am excited to see that and the off season. Um, as far as for you, I think um, I, I, is am I correct? I think this game coming up against uh, the Coyotes. Are you going to be down on the ice? Is that uh, something I saw? Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited to be honest. Uh, I'm going to be in between the benches on the duck stream call joining Steve Carroll and Dan Wood and Josh Brewster as a part of that, uh, kind of in an analyst reporter role. Um, my first time in between the benches for an NHL game, actually, I think in, in a hockey game in general, I've never been in between the benches, but very excited. I know some of the guys on the team know about it too. So they'll be on the lookout, make sure they don't uh, send any pucks my way. now now as far as like talking to the players is there anybody um you know that you enjoy the most talking to i mean obviously zegris has got you know one of the biggest personalities that we see but is it is it him that's you know the most enjoyable to talk to are there any other players i mean you know as far as the interactions who do you um think's like i guess the most fun you know to talk to it's funny you ask that because honestly this locker room of guys is one of the kindest and just easy to work with groups of hockey players I've ever worked with because it, it's a solid group. They're very nice. They're really easygoing. Um, and that certainly makes my job easier. Uh, I think when we've had some of the guys in for the players lounge episodes, I've gotten to really chat with them too before Kent French does. And, uh, I don't know. I, I Ryan Strom and Frank Vetrano, the two of them together are so funny. And I mean, they've been all over the, the league. Uh, so they have kind of a different perspective in the sense of, you know, being in different media markets and then just coming out to California and telling me, you know, Oh, the pay, how different the pace of life is out here and how much they love it. Um, so those are two guys that I always enjoy chatting with, but, Honestly, um, Z, you know, always has the big personality. We see that a lot on the Ducks social media, too. He He's always doing something or always causing some trouble or whatever it may be in the locker room. Um, but I, I think overall it's just it's a good group, and uh, it's 
I, I feel like I always learn something new about each of them when I talk to them. Like recently, Sam Carrick, I was in the locker room talking with him and obviously he has a maple syrup company. And I was like asking him, I'm like, my dad loves maple syrup. Like I would love to get a bottle. And he's like, Oh, I actually have some here right now. That was one of the things I gave the guy their Christmas present. Like I'd love to give you a bottle. So that's coming for my dad now, but yeah, it's, it's just a great group in the locker room. Just always learning something new about them. Yeah. They always seem like, I mean, I mean, we all know the season is what it is, but they always seem like they're having fun. We, we see them, you know, behind alley lows off doing funny things before they're going out <laughs> on the ice yeah. and whatnot um, and everything. So, you know, that, that part, I mean, you know, like we said, it's a down season, but it, it always, you know, helps lighten the mood, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just kind of wind down the interview here. Um, a lot of, you know, different podcasts on Duckstream, a lot of interviews, everything like that. Is there anything like new, um, that the fans, uh, should expect or, um, any, anything you want to share as far as, you know, the direction that it's been going? Cause it's been doing very, very well, um, so far. Yeah. So, uh, as far as new content, um, we're going to be having, some new uh, ducks unfiltered coming up soon, nice. which is a fun, fun uh, look at different people from around Orange County. I just had The Bachelor on, which yes, you might not watch The Bachelor, but for me that was a really cool one because <laughs> I've always watched that show, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just for at least like the lamp. It's going to be a lot of still continuing to chat with people around the NHL. Um, we're hoping to get some from Mighty Till Now's in soon. Uh, it's hard to work with people's schedules sometimes, so we're still trying to iron all of that out. I, uh, But I, uh, besides the Duckstream broadcast on Saturday that I will be a part of, uh, I think that's the big thing we're looking towards is the Women's Sports Night this week. Um, and then, you know, All-Star Week coming up and the guys will be off, so... I'm looking to have a big Tri-Terry episode ahead of that. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of working into the month of February. Um, the team's on the road quite a bit, so it'll be a little bit quieter, I feel like. But uh, we, we're still working on some things, and there, there's going to be a lot coming, as there has been throughout most of the season. Right, which has been great. There's always been an abundance of stuff. And, and, and for the record, yes, I do watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette, my better half. <laughs> she she watches it, so I get sucked into a lot of the stuff that she watches. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do end up watching a lot of those. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, I, I do, I'll admit, I do enjoy watching them from time to time. Funny stuff happens on those shows. So, um, no, we look forward to it. Appreciate you coming on here. Is there um, anything else you'd, you'd like to, you know, just share with the fans as we close out the interview? Uh, no, not really. Uh, thank you for having me on. I mean, we're we're still going to keep plugging away with Duckstream, always looking for anything um, from the fans. Even if you have any suggestions, always feel free to tweet at us. We're, we'd love to hear from you guys, too. So. That, I guess, would be the one thing, too. I, I'd love to hear from you guys if you have any suggestions or any people that you definitely want to hear from on Duckstream for any of the shows. Perfect. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show and appreciate everything you've been doing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alexis, for coming on the show. And uh, just to remind you that this is the Old City Sports Network podcast. Uh, look in the description box for all our sponsors. And let's go, Ducks.